the one thing I had to remember to do was turn my mic on because I'm always telling people to. All right. So I want to turn our Bibles to Matthew 15. Uh, sorry, Mark 15. We'll start in verse 1. Early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders and scribes and the whole council immediately held a consultation, and binding Jesus, they led him away and delivered him to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, It is as you, it is as you say. The chief priests began to accuse him harshly. Then Pilate questioned him again, saying, do, not, uh, do you not answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, and Pilate was amazed. Um, now at the feast, he used to release for them any one prisoner whom they requested. The man named Barabbas had been imprisoned with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the insurrection, and the crowd went up and began asking him to do as he had been accustomed to do for them. Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he was aware that the chief priest had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to ask him to be released, uh, to ask him to release Barabbas for them instead. Answering again, Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with him who you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him. But Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. All right, let's open a word of prayer. Lord, I just, uh, I thank you for the opportunity uh, to just uh, share your word, Lord. I ask that you would uh, just help your word, uh, help your, the, the words of the Holy Spirit to just flow through me, Lord. I ask that you would just, uh, just help me to get my point across and help everybody take something away from it today, Lord. Uh, I just pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Um, so I'll start off by just kind of giving, you know, you, and what we were just read here kind of sets the scene um, a little bit, but, um, you know, we'll just go through it. Um, Jesus is brought before Pilate. Um, this is after the Garden of Gethsemane, um, and uh, chief priests take him to Pilate to question him, and um, Pilate asks him, you know, are you the king of the Jews? This is the, the you know... This is what they're saying that you're saying. And Jesus answers him, it is as you say. That's it. He doesn't feel the need to prove it. He doesn't try and prove it. Um, he just, it's as you say. And uh, the chief priest says here, they begin to accuse him harshly. And Jesus doesn't say anything. He just kind of sits there and takes it. Um, and this amazes Pilate. He's like, do you not answer? See how many charges they're bringing against you. Like, Jesus didn't say anything. It, he didn't feel the need that, to, to prove it. He didn't have to prove it. Um, and this amazed Pilate, because most people at this time are going to be, you know, just countering everything that the chief priests are, are saying against them, especially Jesus, because everything they're saying about Jesus is a lie. And Jesus knows it, but he's not, he's not swinging back at him, and he's not trying to get back at him and prove his innocence. He's just sitting there. Um, so now... Um, for this feast, Pilate would usually, um, as tradition, would release any prisoner that the people wanted, and 
he goes to the people, because the people are demanding that he does this, and uh, he says, well, how about this guy, Jesus? Uh, do you want the king of the Jews to be released? And the chief priests don't want that. Um, and Pilate knows they don't want it, and he knows it's because of envy, because he hasn't found anything wrong with Jesus in the questioning. He, hasn't, he just didn't do anything wrong, you know, not in Pilate's eyes. So Pilate asks, do you want King of Jews to be released? And the chief priests get into the crowd, and they stir him up, and they're like, hey, listen, we want Barabbas. We don't want the King of Jews out. Like, let Barabbas out. Let this murderer out. Let him free. But don't let, the, don't let the guy that Pilate can't find any fault in free. Don't do that. We don't want him out. Um, and so Pilate asks them, then what shall I do with the king of the Jews? And they shout back, crucify him. Um, and, and Pilate says, why? What has he done? Because Pilate knows crucifixion is, is as bad as it gets. Um, it's brutal. And, and he says, why? What evil has he done? And they didn't answer. They just said, crucify him. Um, It's just crazy that, you know, like, there's just not, he didn't do anything wrong, and it's just because these chief priests, you know, they just were jealous. They were jealous. He was taking people away from, from them, and, and they didn't look as flashy, um, you know, and he showed them the wrong that they were doing, and they didn't like that, so they wanted him to be put to death in the worst way possible. Um, and um, so the journey to the cross um, really um, kind of starts in. The Garden of Gethsemane, it's really his whole life is his journey to the cross, but it really, the gears start turning really in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane um, because that's when he is betrayed and taken into, uh, just taken captive. And um, I really touched on that a lot. Um, I really spoke on the uh, Garden of Gethsemane a lot when I spoke at Killen's Point, Um, really dove into that. And... um, just the Garden of Gethsemane and just Jesus' anxiousness towards the cross um, just because he knew what was coming. Um, he says in Matthew 26:38, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Um, he, was, he, he was worried about going to the cross because he knew everything that was going to happen. Because he, he was fully God and fully man. So nothing came to a surprise to him while he was on the earth, while he was a man. He knew everything was going to happen. He knew the physical pain that he was going to go through, and he knew the spiritual um, just hardships, being separated from his father, the Trinity was going to be broke on the cross. And he knew that was going to happen. He was so worried. Uh, he sweat drops of blood. And like the amount of stress and like agony your body has to be under to sweat drops of blood is like it's the extreme. And, you know, and, he, and he's, this is all before the cross. He knew he was going to take the sins of the world. Every sin of everybody who has ever lived, everybody who ever will live, were going to be placed on him all at once. And he knew that. But never once was his will out of alignment with the will of God. Every time he asked if the cup could be passed from him in the Garden of Gethsemane, he always ended that question with, but not my will, but your will. And he did that three times. It was never out of alignment, but he knew what was coming. He still went through with it. He still went to the cross to save us. 
He was denied by one of his closest friends. He was betrayed by a disciple. He was wrongfully punished. And he was scourged, which we'll get into that. That's verse 15 in Mark 15. Uh, Wishing to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas for them. And after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. And that, that there is, uh, being scourged is when they take a whip um, that at the end of it, it's got a bunch of little pieces of leather hanging out. So it's multiple whips in one. And at the end of it, they would have, at the tips of it, they would have either glass or lead in the ends. So when that whip makes contact with the body, it stays there. And you have to yank to get it out, and it it hurts. It it, it does a lot of damage. Um, and Jesus knew this was coming. Uh, if you just turn on the news for five minutes, you're going to see the utter brokenness of this world. Um, in addition to the world's troubles, we each have our own heartaches that we go through, and the crushing burdens that we bear. Um, and a question that I had. I had to find the answer to um, was what would our Savior know of that? You know, what, the Savior is seated on the right hand of God, like the most prestigious place you can be in, in like the entire like universe in existence at the right hand of God. What would he know of our suffering? Um, and the answer I found is everything because he lived it. He experienced everything, every emotion to its fullest. When he wept, when Lazarus died, Weeping is not just a little tear here or there. That is like just completely crying uncontrollably, like hard to catch your breath, just tears pouring down your face. And when he's in the garden, he sweats puffs of blood. That is like just to the extreme. He understands. He really, really does. Rejection, abandonment, spiritual oppression, and physical pain were all experienced by Jesus during that week leading up to the cross. During the week approaching his death, he experienced suffering to an intensity that is hard for us to even wrap our minds around. Uh, When it came to being uh, being scourged, they would usually the Jews limited the number of stripes to forty or thirty-nine in case there was a miscount. Uh, The Romans did not recognize that limit; Um, they did it as long as they saw fit, and because of that, most people did not survive. They didn't even make it to the cross. However, Jesus did survive. This all happened before the cross. So now Jesus is beaten to the point where he's unrecognizable. He is now taken and dressed in purple and has a crown of thorns placed on his head. And just everything they're doing here, they're either giving him a purple robe, but it's it's not... It's not to raise him up, it's to, to build him down. I mean, purple in the time was a sign of royalty and... If you had that, you had money, um, and you had respect. And, and so they put this on Jesus, because he's claiming to be a king, and they don't believe it. They don't buy it, but they're going to mock him. And they place that crown of thorns on his head, and these thorns aren't little rose bushes. They're, they're thick. It's about that big, and they're thick, and they don't break easy. So these thorns, they don't break when they push down. They dig in, and this crown is placed on his head. And standing there, Jesus is mocked and beaten. It says in verse 19, they kept 
beating his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling and pounding before him. And that right there, they kept beating his head with a reed. I never noticed. He was wearing the crown of thorns when they were beating his head. So each time they hit his head with the reed, they're digging that, they're digging that crown in a little bit deeper every time. And so he's going through all this. And this is all before the cross. Then they lead him to Golgotha. I want to turn now to Luke 23. Start in verse 33. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by looking on. And even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine, and saying, If you were the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other one answered and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. So they crucify him. They nail him to the cross. And... In order to do so, you can't, the nails can't go here. The body can't support that. It would just rip through. So most likely they'll put him here, um, which still stays with uh, biblical because back then the wording for hand accounted for the whole wrist here up. So putting it here still would be considered the hand. So they put it in his hand right here. And the thing about doing it right there is you have your major nerve that runs down to your hand. It goes right through there. So that that nail drives through there, and that rubs up against that nerve. And the pain is like lightning shooting up his arm. And they do the same with the feet. And they they put his feet, and they nail that right through there. And you have so many nerve endings in your feet. And so those nails are rubbing against all those nerves constantly and going through the bones through the muscle, everything. And he's hanging there, and you have to lift yourself up to breathe. And so you lift yourself up, and it pulls on everything, and, and you're, you put strain on all the muscles in your upper body, and, it, and you get tired, and your muscles start screaming. And you have to let that breath out. You breathe out, and you relax, and all of the tension goes back to the, the muscles in your legs. So now, and, and the nails in your feet. And the pain, again, is just insane, immense that he's going through just to breathe. Just to breathe. And his back is just cut up from, from being whipped. And so as he breathes up and down, his back rubs against the coarse wood, splinters digging in, just so he can breathe. 
So Jesus now, beaten to the point where he is unrecognizable, is hanging on the cross. No ounce, no slight comfort in any one position. There is no comfortable position on a cross, not even remotely. And he's hanging there, and he's looking down at these people who are mocking him and spitting at him. And do you want to know what he says? He doesn't, he doesn't look at them and say, wait till I get down here. You don't deserve it. I'm not going to save you now. I told myself I wasn't going to do this. Uh, he looks at them and he says, and these are going to be my favorite, this is my favorite verse of the Bible. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. And it is in those words that you see the love that God has for us. Everything he's been put through by these people, and he looks down at them and he says, forgive them. He forgave us for our sins, all of them. And he did it because he loved us. He didn't do it because he was bored up in heaven or because he wanted us to owe him something. He did it because he loved us. So now the sixth hour approaches, and he cries out to God. Um, and the people think he's calling out to Elijah. Um, so they give him some sour wine to drink. Um, and after this, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And some amazing things happen. Um, turn to Matthew 27. Uh, start in verse 50. So Jesus now gives up his spirit. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened of those who had fallen asleep. And coming out of the tombs, after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now the centurion and those who were with him, keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that happened, became very frightened and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Like, Jesus' death affected the earth. Like the entire earth shook. And, and rocks were split. And it says here, the tombs were opened. Many of the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, people gained, not only do we have eternal life through Christ's death, but people, people gained physical life from this too. Like this was amazing. Like this, he was not, he wasn't just some ordinary guy. And even the people saw this after. Those who put him on the cross and, and put him to death and didn't believe, even they acknowledged it. Even they said, truly, this was the Son of God. There was no denying there was something special about Jesus. Everybody saw it.
just the effect that even Jesus' death had on people. It is just, not only did his life bring many to know God, but even through his death, people are saved. Everyone can be saved if you believe. And, and the story doesn't end there. He, he raises again on the third day, like he, just like he said. And he appeared to many people. In Matthew 28, again, we get some very just encouraging and amazing words that just show how much God loves us. Verse 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And here it is. I got this underlined and highlighted. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this, this God that we worship sent his son, his only son, to go through just the worst torture that the Romans could come up with in the time. He sends him to go through that for us. Jesus, full knowing the whole time what was going to happen, still goes willingly. And he dies on the cross for our sins just so we could be with him. Uh, John 15, verse 13, um, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this than he laid down his life for his friend. If you're still doubting the love of God, um, He just proved it. (laughs) He just proved how much he loved us. Everything he went through, the extremes of everything, just because he loved us and wants to be with us. It's sometimes hard to understand and to wrap my mind around why, but then I read this and it's like, it's because he loved us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving us as much as you do. Thank you for giving us a way to be with you forever. Thank you for just thank you for everything you've done, Lord. Thank you for paying the debt for for my sins, for everybody's sins, because we couldn't do it. There's no way. Now, because of it, if we believe, we get to spend eternity with you. And I can't think of anything better. To your name we pray, Lord. Amen.